morning, guys. You alright, George? Say hi, George. Before you're seated, man, I'm so psyched to be here. It's been a whirlwind tour for us. Um, uh, yesterday and the day before, it's just, just a move of God's spirit. And God gave me a word for you today, but I'm so blessed. I'm going to give you a warning here, first of all, a couple things. I'm going to speak in a very accelerated manner. Uh, I'm an American of Puerto Rican descent. If you've never heard of Puerto Rico, you probably know Puerto Rico via the conduit of Jennifer Lopez. Is that a good example? Yeah, J-Lo, J-Lo. Amazing entertainer and Mark Anthony and a bunch of baseball players and all that. So, I'm, you know, so I speak in a very accelerated manner because I'm Puerto Rican. That's what we do. And so in America, we're called Hispanics. Latinos are called Hispanic, Hispanic people, people of the Hispanic origin. So one time I was in this interview on CNN or something, I forget what network it was, and they asked me, hey, hey, Pastor Sam, why are so many people in America afraid of your people, the Hispanic people? And then, like, I had an epiphany. Like, I had, like, I had a number of camera macchiatos that jacked me up. So it hit me, and I looked at the, at the interviewer and said, wait a minute, Hispanics? Aha, I got this. The reason people are fearful of Hispanics is because it's, it's embedded in the construct of the very word Hispanic. Just like you're looking at me like, what did you say? The reporter said, what did you say? I went, look, the prophetic purpose of my community lies embedded in the word Hispanic. Reporter says, what does that mean? I went, let's break it down for you. First, capital H, his. Second, panic. And I said, hey, let me tell you why we're here. We're not here to make America press one for English or two for Spanish. We're not here for people to eat more Taco Bell or to listen to more reggaeton or mariachi music. We are Hispanic. We are here to bring panic to the kingdom of darkness in the name of Jesus. All right, you may be seated because officially from this moment on, you are Hispanic. All right, here we go. John chapter nine. There it is. John chapter nine. I'll tell you what God's spirit placed in my heart for you. It's an interesting story of a guy who's born blind. As Jesus was walking, he saw a man who had been, born, been blind from birth. And we're going to have Pastor Eddie, you're going to help me out here, buddy. We're going to illustrate this sermon, so it's going to get a little bit messy. Verse 6. So the man was born blind. Verse 6. Then Jesus, he spit on the ground. There's going to be some spit here in the next few minutes. He made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. It's pretty cool how Jesus made a mess. And he spread it. He literally spread the mud with the saliva. So I'm going to tell you what God's Spirit told me to tell you for today. Here's the title of the message. Get ready to see your mess become your miracle. And the subtext would be messy miracles. Somebody shout messy miracles. The, the first thing you need to understand is get ready to open up your eyes to see what you've never seen before. This man did not lose his sight, which is important. On another occasion, Jesus spat on someone else who was blind, but that guy had sight before and he lost it. This man was born blind. So he's different from somebody who had sight before. Let me explain. There was a woman in scripture with the issue of blood that Jesus gave her back her health. There was an invalid man that Jesus gave him back his walk. With Lazarus, Jesus gave him back his life. But with this man in John chapter 9, Jesus gave him something he never had in the first place. 
Our God is not just a God that restores. God has the power to give you what you never had in the first place. That's the power of Jesus. He's the, the Lord of a new thing, Isaiah 43, 19. So when you're born again, when Christ is the all of your life, he opens up your eyes. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. I believe that your generation, you're about to see what you've never seen before. You're not, I'm, I'm gonna say that one more time. So if you Google like New Zealand next gen or New Zealand generation Z or young people in New Zealand, unfortunately, in some of the front pages of Google, there are some descriptors, nomenclatures and pages that pop up. And, and some of them, and you could do your due diligence on Google, they, there's stuff that pops up like suicide and drug addiction, identity ambiguity, despair, hopelessness. So the, all of that in Jesus' name, I bind it and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. I bind it and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Because when I see you, I don't see suicide. I don't see drug addiction. I don't see identity ambiguity. I don't see hopelessness. I see love, grace, truth, and hope. I see the, I see the blood of Jesus. I see the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I see revival and awakening. I see the power of God. If you see what I see, shout like you know that Jesus is Lord. I don't see failure, I see victory. I don't see victims, I see conquerors. I don't see a generation full of Pharaohs and Goliaths and Jezebels and Herods. I see 21st century Elijah, Elisha, Deborah, Esther, Peter, Paul. I see prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, miracle workers. I see doctors and lawyers and teachers and politicians and business people and artists. Innovators, dancers and actors, creative, full of the Holy Spirit and committed to lifting up Jesus. So New Zealand, let me prophesy, get ready. There is a generation that's about to shift this nation towards righteousness, towards justice in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, give God one more clap and one more shout. see it with me how many see God's glory God how many see an awakening like you've never seen before matter of fact let's do something raise your right hand I know it looks like we're about the altar call but just so God gave me I'm giving you what he gave me so just raise your right hand and repeat after because I need you to believe this I saw this man I've lived it it's not hype it's not hyperbole it's not emotionalism I've lived it out raise your right hand repeat after me I'm about to see what I've never seen before say in my family in my faith, in my relationships, in my church, in my community, in my thinking, in my actions, in my words, in my surroundings, in my generation, in me, I'm about to see the glory of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, and the love of Jesus like I have never, ever seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a shout if you got that part. All right, we got it. We got it.
let's lay at this. So, so he, he looks at the man. This is so cool. Are there any questions? All right. This is so cool. All right, Anna, are you ready for this? Don't open up your eyes. You're blind. All right. And, and this is so cool. He was born what? So an encounter with Jesus changes his destiny. He was born blind. Did he die blind? No, because you're... The negative things we're born with. Some of us are born... I was born, in full disclosure, I was born to a family that had a lineage of multi-generational drug addiction. And all I, all I saw were my cousins and uncles, some of them passed away, by the way, because of drug addiction. They passed away. Died. Early 40s, mid-40s. They died. So I was born into a family setting where my extended family was very, a, a non-theological 21st century descriptor would be jacked up. But our family decided that we would not live under a multi-generational curse. That we would embrace the fullness of what Christ did for us. And if you're a Christian, you can't be cursed. You are blessed. So we did not, we are not dying with the stuff we were born with. I'm here to tell you that if you were born into a dysfunctional family, if you were born into opioid addiction, if you were born into alcoholism, if you were born into idolatry, if you were born in, in, into a moral turpitude, if you were born into adultery, if you were born into witchcraft, if you were born into atheism or agnosticism, whatever, if you were born into a spirit of depression and thoughts of suicide, I'm here to tell you that ends with you in Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. That ends with you in Jesus' name. That ends with you in Jesus' name. That not only does it end with you, your children and your children's children and your children's children's children will never live in what God took you out of. If you believe it, shout amen. All right. So he took the stuff, man. So he, he, he spit. The man was blind. So he spit. He spit. Why would he spit on the ground? Why? Here it is. I want you to hear this. It is an unorthodox method to facilitate a miracle because sometimes the process is messy in life and sometimes the process is complicated. But I want you to hear me, not just now, but for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life, 70 years of your life, always remember the following phrase. The God of the outcome is the same God of the process. The God of the outcome is the same God of the process. And I want you to hear this. The process is temporary, but the promise is permanent. Do not make the temporary permanent. Do not make the process the promise. Do not confuse what you're going through with where you're going to. And permit me to remind you, if you're going through what you've never been through before, it's only because you're about to conquer what you never conquered before. So he spit. So I have to ask you, all the science majors here, anyone who is scientifically inclined, which is a good code word for all the righteous nerds in the house. When in your spit, what do you find in your saliva? What's in saliva? I'm done. Drop the mic, walk away. Are there any questions? You missed it. What did Jesus put on the ground and then place on his eyes? His spit. And what's in the spit of Jesus? His DNA. Like literally speaking. 
the DNA of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Host of Hosts, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha and the Omega, the author and the consumer of our faith, God incarnate. It's not just anyone's DNA. It is the DNA of the creator of the universe. He literally transferred his DNA to a blind man's eyes. His DNA. In other words, hey, sunshine, with your DNA, you're blind. With my DNA, you're about to see my glory. With your DNA, you are a victim. With my DNA, you are more than a conqueror. With your DNA, you can't do this. With my DNA, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. With your DNA, you go around in the desert. With my DNA, you and your house will step in the promised land. That's the reality. So he takes the DNA and uh, sidebar, little addendum. You, if you're in this room right now, you have something a lot more powerful than the spittle of Jesus. I'm gonna say this one more time for the hearing impaired. You have something more powerful than the spittle of Jesus. You don't have his spit, you have his spirit. Oh wow, hold on. If the spit of Jesus could make a blind man's eye open up, imagine what the spirit of Jesus can do in your life. Is there anyone here who has the spirit of Jesus? Is there anyone here who has the spirit of Jesus? Is there anyone here who has the spirit that gives you power, that gives you freedom, that takes you from glory to glory? You don't have just any spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. It's not just any spirit. Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside. why you can't stay down. That's why you can't be defeated. Every single time the enemy puts a selfie of you defeated thinking you're down forever, he has to remove it because you get right back up because you have the Spirit of God. Oh, man. And where that Spirit is present, there is power, Acts 1.8. There is freedom, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Oh, here it is. But it, it, it's not like Jesus went, boom. Jesus hit the ground first. So he spits on the dirt. Another version would read, he made clay. He spits on the, why would Jesus spit on the dirt? One more time, this man was born what? Why would Jesus spit on the dirt and make mud clay and put it in his eyes? Just follow the logical continuum here. Why dirt? What did God make man out of? Genesis 2, 7. He made man out of what? Yep, out of dirt. See, Jesus is going back to the beginning. He's returning to the original architectural design. Oh man, I'm gonna preach now in a second. I'm gonna get a little Puerto Rican excited in a second here. He went back to the original plan. You, you were born blind. This is the, I'm gonna have to go back to the original plan because in my original plan, you were not blind. In my original plan, you are not an addict. In my original plan, you're not bound. In my original plan, you're not perfect. In my original plan, you're not captain. In my original plan, you're not a failure. In my original plan, you're not the tail. In my original plan, in my original plan, you are blessed and highly favored. You are anointed. You are appointed. You have great destiny. God, for I know the plans I have for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Not to harm you, but to prosper you 
give you future and hope. That's the original plan. Stand with me. We're about to, you are standing. Let's, here it is. That's the original plan. He goes back to the blueprint, baby. I don't care what you were born with. By the time this thing is over now, in a few minutes, the original plan kicks in. Oh, wow. I'm here to tell you, God's original plan for your life will come to pass. God's about to give you a testimony, and your testimony will be proof that the devil is a liar. And he takes it, and I want you to watch this. He takes it, he, and he combines it, the original plan. Woo. Psalm 138, verse 8, the purpose of God will be fulfilled in your life. And he takes that plan, and then he combines it. He's so cool. Boom. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Boom. He places his DNA and his original plan on him. Did you get that? So you were born blind, but now I am placing on you my DNA and my original plan for you. But he blinded him more. The guy's already blind. Does that make sense? That's what we call in science a double-blind study. Sorry, I had to give that. That's just, I'm, I'm done, done. Sorry, that's just a bad joke. But he, he's already blind. Does this make sense to you? But he blinded him even more. How about this? There comes a season when you're so caught up in your circumstance that God will blind you to your now in order to open your eyes to the next. Are you getting this right now? There comes a season where God will just say, trust me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, things are going to get a little bit weird here for a second, but trust me. Because you're so fascinated with what's happening now. I'm going to have to blind you to your now in order to open you up to your next. So there comes a season in your life where you have no idea what's happening. When is it going to happen? Where is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? You only know one thing. The same thing that Job said when he was going through his moment. He said, I don't know anything. But one thing I do know, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know that my Redeemer lives. You may not know what, when, where, why, how, but you know the who. If Jesus is in it, all things, all things will work for good. All right. So take your eyes off today's problems and open your eyes to tomorrow's promises. Oh, wow. Woo. All right, here it is. We're done. This is what he did. That's, this, by the way, read it. I'm not making this up. The Bible says he spread it. Jesus spread it. He made a bigger mess. He, and then Jesus, here, here, come with me here, Pastor Ed. Come here, buddy. Just like this, huh? This, Jesus tells him, go wash yourself. Now, this is, I have to break this down. This is not what Jesus did. Let me help you wash yourself. Jesus did not walk him to the pool. This is messed up, man. What about the loving, graceful Jesus? He makes a mess 
and then tells them, go wash yourself. Doubly blind. And this man, for a brief moment, had to walk with his mess. I'm going to preach to someone here. There may come a time in your journey, there may, there may come a time in your relationships, in your faith walk, there may come a time where things are not going to be perfect and pristine in your life. But I'm here to tell you, you have two options. You could either, you could either shrivel up in a fetal position and go like this, oh woe is me, oh I am a victim, oh I can't believe what I'm going through, I can't believe what I did to myself, I can't believe what they did to me, or you can get up and walk with your mess. 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 So, because if you carry the DNA and the original design somewhere here, even though it doesn't look like it, to someone here from the outside world, from an external perspective, that guy's messed up. He looks like a mess, but it was actually a miracle that needed some washing. So we're about to land. I just want to give you this. I'm going to give you a word that comes from heaven for you. Get smart. Get ready. Your mess is about to become your miracle. I'm going to say that one more time. Tell every devil in Wellington gets a migraine. Your mess is about to become your miracle. Your mess is about to become your miracle. Whatever's messing in your life is about to experience the glory of Jesus, the power of God. Your mess is about to become your miracle. If this is for you, give God one more shout of praise in this house. Your mess. And if you have any family members that are right now messed up, raise your right hand. Let me believe with you and come in agreement that by the time this conference is over, by the time you get back home, wherever there was a mess, there will be a miracle. The people you love in your life and your relationships, wherever there's a mess, there will be a miracle. In Jesus' name. All right. So he walked with this mess. All right, here's what we're going to do. And give me your left hand. That's the left side of the bowl. Give me your right hand. That's the right side of the bowl. There's water in there. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to tell you what Spirit of God placed in my heart for Get Smart. You're going to remove this stuff because sometimes, listen, I'm, I'm sorry for being just repetitive here. Did Jesus take them to the pool? Did Jesus remove the mud? I want you to hear me. There comes a time that there are things you can't delegate. There comes a season, you're going to learn somewhere down the road, Get Smart. That it's great when you have your homies and your friends and your family to pick you up, but there will come a time, there will come a time where you have to learn to pick yourself up. Am I preaching anybody? There comes a time where you have to learn to pray over yourself. You can't get someone else to pray over yourself. Learn to prophesy over yourself. 
Learn to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I told you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I told you, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I told you that if God be for you, who can be against you? I told you, prophesy over yourself. Learn to pray over yourself, to speak prophetically over yourself. Learn to anoint yourself. Get some oil going. You're anointed in the name of Jesus. By the way, learn to rebuke yourself. Look at the man and the woman in the mirror. And when you jack up, when you mess up, look at yourself in the mirror and say, nope. That's not what God made you for, man. You will stop this right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. Are you with me right now? Look at your neighbor. Tell him, go wash yourself. Go wash yourself. Go wash yourself, man. Go wash yourself. Go wash yourself. All right. Let's do it. So when I count to three, you're going to wash this stuff off. All right? Wash it off. As you wash it off, there is a generation. There is a generation that is activating the reality of seeing themselves in the fullness of God's purpose, divine design, carrying the DNA of the vicarious, atoning, redemptive, grace-filled work of Jesus. New Zealand is about to see Jesus through this generation. Matter of fact, through this generation, this is going to sound cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. Out of all the generations in the history of New Zealand, this is supposedly the least of Christians, the least generation committed to a Christian worldview. What about if this generation is about to surprise the world? This generation, this generation will lift up Jesus more than any other generation in New Zealand history. This generation will see, literally see, more signs, wonders, healings, miracles, works, deeds, favor than any other generation in the history of New Zealand. That's why the devil hates your gods. He hates you because you're about to see the glory of Jesus like this nation has never seen before. Ready? One, two, three. Go wash yourself. Wash yourself. Go ahead, do it. Remove it. Here it is. Activate it. Activate it. Activate it. Oh, by the way, can you imagine? He had the saliva of Jesus, the design of Jesus, and yet he did not see until he obeyed Jesus. You're carrying already. How many church services have you been to? How many Get Smart conferences? How many times have you heard a word? You're already carrying so much of heaven. What are you waiting for? Obey Jesus and everything will be activated. Obey Jesus and everything. It's already in you. It's already on you. Don't open your eyes yet because when we open our eyes, it's going to be a collective prophetic act. Are you ready? Now when I count to three, you're going to open up your eyes. By the way, blind man, this is it. The only thing, this guy never saw, he was listening to, he obeyed what? Who said the voice? You said the voice? You, you have that, yeah, all right, that, that, that sharp look there, that, 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 like, you know, say the voice. The voice. That, the voice. <laughs> just do it again just for me. The voice. The voice. 
didn't see Jesus first, didn't, just the voice. Because who speaks into you is way more important than who speaks about you. Are you with me? When I was younger, I was worried about what she's saying about me. What's he saying about me? What's she think about me? What does he think about me? Then you get to a place in life where you don't give a holy hoot anymore. I don't care about who talks about me, but I do care about who speaks into me. All right, we're done for reals now. On the count of three, you're gonna just do this. It's 6, 6.15 left. Here's what I want you to do. The moment you do this, prophetically speaking, when I tell you to open up your eyes, this generation is going to open up their eyes to a revival, to a renewal, to an awakening. I'm not making this up, man. I promise you. I've lived this. I've completely been there, done that, been there, done that. When I was 14 years old in the Assembly of God Church, this guy came up, and my parents were not preachers. I'm a math nerd. I'm a science nerd. And I, I mean, I, I studied, you know, computer engineering, all that stuff. And I was seated right there, didn't believe in any of this. I thought this stuff was emotionalism. I thought speaking in tongues was crazy, or at least it was questionable. I thought this stuff was just weird. I, I mean, just awkward, whether or not it was, it was, you know, rational and logical. Power of God hit me. This guy comes in and says, and then, you know what it is when you're 14 years old, and some guy you never met gives you a word of the Lord and, and, and for God to tell you when you're 14 you're going to pray over presidents of the United States of America for, and people witnessed it there was a young lady who was seated right there who heard the whole thing smart girl she married me my wife now so many years man so why am I telling you this because what I'm telling you right now is not hype I'm here to tell you when you open up your eyes you're about to see the glory of God in your generation like you've never seen before you're about to see revival break out. It's going to go crazy. Are you ready for this? The power of God. Are you, you're about to see in your family and in your life, Jesus, like you've never seen him before. So let's do it on the count of three. Open up your eyes. You're about, all the youth pastors here, you're about to see a harvest in your youth ministry like you've never seen before. Are you ready? When I count to three, I want you to open up your eyes. I want you to open up your eyes. And I want you to see the glory of Jesus. So everybody, close your eyes. No more suicide. No more hopelessness. No more despair. No more perpetual brokenness. No more addiction. No more identity ambiguity. No more idolatry. No more witchcraft. No more bondage. Freedom. Freedom that only Jesus can bring. Freedom. Are you ready? You're about to see yourself free, and you're about to see your friends free, your family free, your generation free. So when I count to three, open up your eyes and give God the best praise you've given Him in the past two years. One, two, three. Open up your eyes.
three minutes and 11 seconds, real quick. All I want you to do, if this message was 183.1% for you, 183.1, if it was only 99%, stay right there where you're at. But if God just spoke to you and you understand that in life, sometimes life gets messy, but there's a miracle behind that mess. If you understand that God's perfect design and His DNA will always trump your circumstance. If you understand that sometimes you have to pray for yourself and speak to yourself and prophesy to yourself, there are things you can't delegate. If you understand that you can either stay in a fetal position or get up and walk with your mess, if you've got all of this, when I count to three, get out of your seat, join me somewhere. We're going to pray for you and believe you're going to walk out with this impartation, not for a day, but for a lifetime, because your mess will become your miracle. One, two, three, if that's you, come out right now, go. Run out, man. Your mess becomes your miracle. Your mess becomes your miracle. Your mess becomes your miracle. Go! plan. We declare 
that the enemy's plan is hereby permanently broken in Jesus' name. Cover this generation with the blood of Jesus. Fill this generation of the Holy Spirit. May the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit empower you to change the world. God bless you. God keep you. Hey, let's do one thing together for Jesus. Let's go change the world. God bless you. God keep you.